the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Rosca Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Rosca Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Rosca Jr. Hello everyone, I'm Mark Schneider and I want to welcome you to today's episode 140 of Say What? where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including destructive teaching curriculums whose ideology is at war with America's founding values. Well, if you've been listening to this broadcast for very long, you know that the mission of Protect Our Kids is to educate parents and concerned citizens about the ever-mounting threats to our children in the public schools, what we call the triple threat. And there's three elements, sex and gender theory, critical race theory, and a teaching pedagogy many of you may not be familiar with. It's what's called Social Emotional Learning, or SEL. Well, before we begin, I need to let you know that my colleague, Pastor George Roska, will be out for the next few weeks. So what I thought I would do is, to those of you who may be uh, new to this broadcast, is to offer a refresher course on, on the harms presented by these three particularly destructive ideologies. But before we get into the details, I think some context may be helpful. It may surprise you to know, and this is data directly from the U.S. Department of Education, but in terms of educational dollars spent per student, the United States outspends virtually every industrialized nation on the planet. Now, we're not comparing these figures with, you know, countries like Mauritania or Guyana. No, these are these are compared against countries that are similarly situated to the United States. And with the exception of just a handful of nations, we're spending more uh, per student, per capita, or per GDP than virtually every nation on the planet. So I guess you could ask the question, what are we getting for our money? Well, this is where the problem comes in. According to various studies by different organizations, uh, including the Pew Foundation, um, we're not getting much for our academic do- dollar. In fact, we're in the middle to bottom rungs compared to performance of other nations, most of which, as I've already pointed out, spend far less per student than we do. And the state where I'm living, California, um, lags further behind virtually every state in the country. In fact, according to U.S. News and World Report, we're ranking in K through 12 education 44 out of 50. Not particularly impressive. Of course, you know the argument. 
Well, the reason for that is because we're not spending enough on education. We need to spend even more uh, money per student, and that's going to elevate academic performance. But that's just not true. Um, in fact, prior to com- the institution of compulsory education in the United States, which happened in 1840, literacy rates were about 90% compared to 75% today. In fact, according to the Literacy Project, today some 45 million Americans are functionally illiterate, unable to read above a fifth grade level, and half of all adults can't read a book on the, at an eighth grade level. In California, one in four of the state's six million students are unable to perform basic reading skills. And it's not like these failures have taken us by surprise. In 1983, a now famous report came out entitled A Nation at Risk that warned of a rising tide of mediocrity in our public schools. It was almost 40 years ago uh, when a discussion of our school's failure uh, was accounted as a national security risk. But since then, I'm afraid to report the problem has only gotten worse. The obvious question is, If our schools are not focused on teaching basic literacy in the three R's, what are they focused on? Well, we've known for years. Uh, In 1987, a famous University of Chicago professor, Alan Bloom, wrote his book, The Closing of the American Mind. And in the opening pages of that book, he makes this startling statement. I'll just, I'll just read the quote for you. There is one thing, he writes, a professor can be absolutely certain of. Almost every student entering the university believes or says he believes the truth is relative. Now think about that for a moment. What had children been learning in the public schools in the 1960s and 70s that brought them to that conclusion? Ladies and gentlemen, that was 36 years ago. Now, what's happened since in our society and in public education is a matter of public record. Now, why is this important? Well, because as Abraham Lincoln warned, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of the government in the next. What Lincoln understood and what we must understand is that politics is always downstream from culture and culture from people's personal beliefs or worldview. One always inevitably follows the other. And for most of America's history, the worldview that was presented in the nation's classroom was biblically based. Now, not perfectly, but the results spoke for themselves. But beginning in the last century, the biblical or Judeo-Christian-based worldview in public life came under unprecedented attack. In 1962, the Supreme Court heard the case of Engel versus Vitale, which resulted in moving prayer from the public schools. A year later, in the case of Abington School District versus Shemp, Bible reading was taken out of the schools. Which begs the question, what is the philosophy or worldview being taught in today's public schools? Well, for this, we need to go back um, a few centuries, actually, all the way back to the 19th century, and two two names that today live in infamy. Those names are Georg Hegel and, of course, 
Karl Marx. Now, Hegel, if you might remember um, from your studies, is known for his famous dialectic, where he said, for progress to occur in society, the status quo must always be challenged and eventually revolted against until there's a new status quo, and that in turn will be challenged until yet a new status quo is achieved. And all this, he believed, would culminate in sort of a utopian society where social justice reigned and everybody was on an equal or equitable footing. Well, Karl Marx took those idea and of ideas and, of course, applied them to the world of economics. And he believed that uh, these ideas would eventually take root in Western societies and bring about this social utopia. But it never happened. In fact, far from it. Um, even societies loosely based on the Judeo-Christian worldview prospered beyond Marx's imagining. Well, you would think that his ideas would eventually uh, run out of steam and wear out, but um, that didn't happen even with the death of Marx. In fact, in the 20th century, early 20th century, um, a new institution was brought forth called the Frankfurt School. You may have heard some of these names, Theodore Adorno, Herbert Marcuse, Max Horkheimer, and the Italian Antonio Gramsci. Uh, they had the idea that um, in order for Marxism eventually to take root in Western society, um, we needed to overwhelm and, event- and very slowly take over Western institutions to re-educate people on the benefits of Marxist social policy. In fact, um, the Italian Antonio Gramsci uh, said that, that Marxist prediction in the West would inevitably collapse in economic class warfare um, unless we took over society's underlying institutions. He called this a war of position rather than an actual war of movement. As he put it in 1937, and this is a direct quote, any country grounded, he wrote, in Judeo-Christian values cannot be overthrown until those roots are cut. Socialism is precisely the religion, that's his term, not mine, is what must overwhelm Christianity. In the new world order, socialism will triumph by first capturing the culture via infiltration of schools, universities, churches, and the media by transforming the very consciousness of society. And so the uh, authors of the Frankfurt School, they authored an entire worldview to promote their aims. And that worldview today is known as critical theory. Now, the formal definition of critical theory, if you look it up in uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, for example, is that it is a Marxist-inspired movement um, in social and political philosophy whose primary goal, and this is important to understand, is to overcome the social structures through which people are dominated and oppressed. Now, these are two terms that you may be familiar with. We're hearing them throughout our societies and particularly in our higher institutions of learning. Domination and oppression. These are the things that must be overcome. Well, these are, these ideas are a direct result of critical theory. 
Critical theory is actually an umbrella worldview under which we find most of today's academic pathologies. Here's some examples. Critical legal theory, critical race theory, white patriarchy, sex and gender theory all fall under the umbrella of critical theory. But here's a term that you may be more familiar with, and that is wokeism. Well, with the rise of Nazism, the Frankfurt School began to look for a new home. They weren't welcome any anymore into the Nationalist Socialist Society, ironically, under Adolf Hitler. And uh, they found a new home, ironically, right in New York City at Columbia's Teachers College. In fact, they were invited there by a man named John Dewey, who is known as the father of progressive education. Um, he was also uh, one of the underwriters of the first Humanist Manifesto, and he thought it would be a great idea to invite them, uh, these ideologues to, to come to America to disseminate their uh, Frankfurt School critical theory worldview. And that's exactly what they did. So I want to talk to you now, now that you know the roots of critical theory, where it came from. Let's talk about the first element of the triple threat in public school. How is critical theory actually being worked out in today's educational environment, particularly in K through 12 education? So the first element is sex and gender theory, or may sometimes referred to as queer theory, but it's otherwise known as the repudiation of the natural order. And before I get started here, I want to call your attention in particular to two videos that go into further detail that you can find um, on our website at protectourkidsnow.org. These two videos are what is comprehensive sexuality education and what are sexual rights that was done by my colleague, Pastor George Roska. Well, you should know that this radical sex ed curriculum didn't suddenly show up in today's classroom. In fact, in California in particular, it has a long history. Uh, I'm going to broadcast a partial list of law that was passed in California starting in Gray Davis in 1999 that mirrored the combination of lost parental rights and the enforcement of a value system based on a radical form of secularism which is critical theory. In 2004, for example, the education was modified to say the gender was now defined as one's perceived sex, whether or not it agrees with one's sex at birth. In 2011, Senate Bill 48 was passed. This is called the Fair Education Act, which required the children now must be taught to admire public figures based purely on their sexual proclivities, particularly if these proclivities are unconventional. Two years later, in 2013, AB 1266, the famous California bathroom bill, was passed, allowing usually young men who identify as girls to use the girls' bathrooms and changing facilities. More recently, uh, Assembly Bill 1184 was passed, requiring that health insurance companies hide from parents sensitive medical procedures being conducted on their own children. That same year, the Menstrual Equity Act was passed by the California legislature, requiring the tampon dispensers to be deployed in boys' bathrooms. 
Well, I could go on, but I want to especially talk about a particular bill that passed in 2015 and took effect in 2016, and which was the reason the cost celeb for the formation of the Ministry of Protect Our Kids. And of course, I'm talking about AB 329, the California Unhealthy Youth Act. What does the California Healthy Youth Act require? Well, three things in particular. Um, schools, uh, before I get to that, um, I just want to note that schools must provide CSE for kids ages 7 through 12. So really it starts in middle school and it happens every year through graduation in high school. Now, CSE can be taught in elementary schools. It's not required, but unfortunately in many states um, they have deployed it in elementary schools, particularly the progressive states. And as part of this program, schools must affirm homosexuality in subjective gender identities. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is the law. And worse yet, there's no opt-in required by parents. So it used to be whenever there were controversial curriculums that parents might be concerned about, parents had to be notified and parents had to specifically opt their children into these programs. Now, if parents don't do anything or if they don't know about it, your children are going to automatically be exposed to these curriculums. Okay, well, with that, what are the three big sex and gender theory lies being promulgated uh, by these laws? And there are three of them. Number one, biology is meaningless. When it comes to gender, doesn't matter. Biology absolutely has nothing to do with your gender. And this leads into the second uh, uh, SGT lie. The gender is something that's mysterious and fluid. We really don't understand it, and it uh, lies on a spectrum that must be investigated and explored to really ascertain. And number three, and this is particularly alarming, children are sexual at birth. This goes all the way back to Sigmund Freud, but is now instantiated into law in the California public education system and in many states across the nation. And these messages begin in kindergarten. Their children are taught that biology and gender are unconnected realities, that your reproductive organs have nothing to do with your gender. How, the, how do they do this? Well, they use uh, curriculums and materials that are appropriate for five-year-olds, mostly cartoon books, like Who Are You? A Kid's Guide to Gender Identity. My Princess Boy, a mom's story about a young boy who loves to play dress-up, and Jacob's New Dress, which is self-describing. All of these are intended to normalize and celebrate gender fluidity. By the time you get a little bit older, like when you're maybe six, seven, eight years old, the materials become even more uh, specific and uh, more alarming in their depiction of cartoon porn. Uh, In fact, there's two books. One's called It's Perfectly Normal, which contains graphic cartoon sex. Another one is called Sex, Puberty, and All That Stuff that encourages foreplay, mutual masturbation. Now, parents, mind you, this is meant for sixth graders. Also at this age, a common classroom tool 
that is used to separate children from their biological gender is the genderbred person. Um, the genderbred person uh, depicts a spectrum uh, along the lines of gender identity, gender expression, biological sex, and who you are attracted to to teach children that they get to decide where they fall on each one of these spectral lines. But it turns out that the genderbred person for the authors of these tools was not androgynous enough. So they came out with a new tool called the um, the unicorn uh, person. Now biology is reduced to whatever sex has been assigned at birth. It's kind of like your name or your preferred ice cream flavor. One sex is completely arbitrary. Well, it even gets worse when you get into middle school and high school. It's not the stork, which is intended for uh, uh, even eight uh, kids as young as eight years old, labels detailed cartoon images of stimulated sexual organs. In fact, uh, as we speak, I'm looking at a page in that book that just just does just that. Keep in mind that millions of your taxpayer dollars went into a years-long process of curating these recommended resources and which were adopted by California's State Board of Education in 2020. And it just gets worse. Uh, From sex, puberty, and all that stuff, kids are learning about heavy petting, foreplay, mutual masturbation, intercourse, and oral sex. By the time they get into high school, well, they pretty much seen it all. At least you would think that. But in high school, there's a lesson plan from an organization called Rights, Respect, and Responsibility that is actually instructing our kids how to have safe oral and anal sex. Once again, all funded by your taxpayer dollars. Now, you may think that uh, you can opt your kids out of these curriculums and somehow insulate them from this sex and gender um, worldview or critical theory worldview. But I need to tell you that every single month of the school year, there, there is a planned event to celebrate what in past generations was considered to be unmentionable sins by virtue of their shame. In September, there's the LGBTQ plus Alley Week and coming out day. In November, we have Transgender Awareness Week. In March, the Transgender Day of Visibility. In fact, from coming out day to Pride Month, which culminates in June, and every month in between, our nation's public school children are captive to these society-destroying myths. In fact, in the San Diego School District, uh, we have evidence of teachers being informed on how to counsel to kids their age of consent for things like birth control, abortion services, sexually transmitted disease treatment, and gender-affirming care medical practices. So, folks, I hate to report this stuff to you, but this is the truth of what's been happening, not just in California, but increasingly states across the country. And we wonder, therefore, about the mental health, emotional trauma, and psychological crisis that our K-12 through age school children are now experiencing across the nation. 
that there's really no mystery behind it. But unfortunately, this is just the first element of what we at POK called the triple threat. So I want to encourage you not only to visit our website, protectourkidsnow.org, and look at those two videos I mentioned earlier, but make sure that you come back for next week's broadcast where I'm going to be diving into the second element of the triple threat, which is critical race theory. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for today, but I look forward to being with you next week on our program, Say What?, You've been listening to Say What, the radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Rosca Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.